we're back. Welcome to Print Your Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gamers. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery. And you know, we're back this week, Kristen, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, actually, we're coming up on one year of the Print Your Games true. podcast. Yes, 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 yes. We've got next week's episode will be our one year anniversary episode. Dun, dun, dun. But in the meantime, while we are back... Not mm-hmm. all of the Patreons we know and love are always back at the beginning of the month. It is true. It's been a it's true. been a kill count this month for sure. Yeah, we, we we we've talked about it before, but man, we noticed quite a few people deciding that you know what, maybe this three printing business ain't for me. And we will definitely get talking about that as uh, the meat of the episode. But before we dredge into the depths of the depressed and the forgotten, let's talk about the fun things we be doing right now. Yay! Got any cool project stuff? Any good hobby going on, Kristen? Yes. Uh, I had in both of my live games, my um, Pathfinder 3.5 game and my D&D game, I had Nightmare Horrible Monsters for my Halloween weekend that I printed up. Of course you did. Of course. Well, I mean, let's be honest, it didn't have to be Halloween. But it was Halloween, coincidentally enough. uh, And I had um, from Dormant God, which is a Fleshcraft's Kickstarter they just ran, they just fulfilled those minis. And I had a bunch of their um, aspects of ego, I think they are, or lesser ego aspects that are really creepy, very kind of slender man looking. Um, then, uh, sorry, I was just reading the cat list thing. Sorry. Um, then I did some, it's an Eldritch Lich. It's a kind of a one-off, not from a normal Patreon creator, just somebody who created this kind of uh, little kit of, there's some that have masks and some that have kind of explody, vapory tentacle heads. And then they have like, lobster claws or hands and they have multiple limbs and it's they're just horrifying and they painted them up in kind of a gradient um to make them like they were kind of fading into reality was the idea and that was the nightmares for my saturday game and then i had these guys um the void rippers that i started printing a couple weeks ago i finally printed off the rest of them and have like a whole group of them in their terrible pustulable monster things that i you know they're, they're gross. My players bought those yesterday on Halloween proper. So, um, yeah, did a, did a lot of printing and a lot of painting last week. I haven't had a Halloween game in ages. I think the last Halloween game I did was a Pathfinder Society one. Oh, wow. Where they got to fight pumpkin monsters. It was actually a society adventure that was Halloween themed. And so I went, I had a bunch of like little wood elemental minis. Mm-hmm. And I went to the hobby store. I went to Michael's. And I got a whole bunch of stickers like little tiny halloween sticker pumpkin jack-o'-lanterns and just stuck it to their faces and that's (laughs) how they had pumpkin monsters to fight that year well last year i had Mm -hmm. um did pumpkin monsters for my halloween game and i had Mm -hmm. the big ones from dragon trappers i had the big ones from um what you call it um miniature monster mayhem is that the name of it oh yes mini monster mayhem yes and uh one other one um but yeah, I had a whole bunch of big pumpkin monsters and pumpkin-headed scarecrow monsters. and It was super cool and creepy. But yeah, the, they had some nice large size that had like the stalks were turned into big scythes that looked organic and they're really <laughs> neat looking. Um, but yeah, uh, that was last year. And I was like, I don't want to just drag them out again. Maybe next year I'll do a pumpkin reprise because that's fun still. But yeah. The Revenge of the Pumpkin King. That's right. It, it was even bad because they were in the same place in the campaign setting where it happened. And I was like, gosh, it would be so easy to just drag these out again. But I was like, no, I'm starting the nightmares. I need to do the nightmares. So, But it would have been really easy to do. So I kind of feel like I maybe still should have done it. But well, I got nightmares now. Lots of them. 
Big hey, like ones. Magma. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't. So my hobby this week has been, let's see here, the beginning of the print of the Ratties. Of the what? What? Of the rats. Oh, the rat. Oh, you're. Oh, you're doing the cute rats from OPR. Yes, 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 yes. OPR the noble ratsmen. I'm going to enjoy this army of rats. I'm committed to two thousand points of rats. I tell you, point. you know, you and need that's to sneak a lot in, of rats. You need to sneak in those uh, sparrow riders from Lord of the Prince new mouse. Those ones. do look really cool. They look amazing and uh, adorable. And I would have to have some some mice sparrow riders if I was going to do it. Um, I have a mouse sparrow, uh, mouse owlbear rider in one of my other games, and I'm like, oh, I kind of need to reprise that now. So, but yeah, that's cool. You've been working on that. I think you were working on something else too, right? I am working on a uh, my FDM printer is is finally up and running, and and after that firmware update, that Neptune three is just as reliable as my little Neptune two. It's just churning out prints. Cool. It's which is 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 uh i have to wash the bed that metal bed collects oil a lot more than the original textured bed from the uh the neptune 2 did so i am having to clean that bed a lot more often but other than that you know just perfectly level perfectly good prints and right now i'm printing the archmage tower from ian lovecraft's uh kickstarter from tele two cities mm-hmm. and it's like uh it is this humongous um Grim darky uh, four type of or five tower. tiers. Right? It it's is pretty big. It is four. It is four print jobs. Mm-hmm. So you've got the basement level, which it's kind of cool when you have a three D printable playable interior that includes a basement. I dig yeah. that. Um, it has like the first floor, second floor, and then like the attic, which is slash the roof, and it's all like tottered over tower with very grim dark aesthetics it would go really well with any sort of the the uh the love crafty and stuff but the basement alone is a mm-hmm. two-day print wow two entire days of <laughs> printing and i'm just like oh gosh but it, like when i put it on my print and i saw it do the outline it just like basically goes out to the complete edge of the print this is going to max out this printer's volume may the fdm gods be with you because that would be terrible if that thing choked uh but hey at least if it chokes 90 percent of the way through it i'm out a couple of bucks and not like if this was made of resin fair enough fair enough oh my gosh i want to pull up a picture of it here yeah, it was funny because when, when I, I you showed me the picture a little a couple days ago, I I was kind of surprised because I've been seeing all these like big high elven, you know, bladed with crystal tower things, and this is definitely not that. This is definitely like you said, grim darky, um, kind of a more uh, tottering. Yes, there it is. Yeah, yeah so it's like it's got like patched patched on like like real curvy bricky stuff and patched on roofs and like a balcony and like a bunch of missing tiles and all weird jaunty angles and i really love it this is this will be a great tower in the woods for that board i was talking about last week so i'm finally got it going and i'm happy happy yeah, it looks like you might succeed because the door is up you almost could build it into some foam cut um, like a cliff, like a hillside, right? Because mm-hmm. then the main door is actually on the second tier on this thing. Um, if you're listening to this, the the basement level is literally meant to be kind of a sub basement. And I don't think you would probably hide the whole thing, but I could see like putting it up against like a cliffside or a hillside mm-hmm. on some terrain and a big board. Would make and, sense. I, and I really want to get me some dirty down moss for this yeah. thing to like put in the cracks and on the rocks down there. And I ooh. swear I did, I did a service for dirty down uh, mm-hmm. last week because I went around town looking to see if anybody had already got it. 
and I had to educate almost every hobby store in our state <laughs> <laughs> about whether or not, you know, what it was and where to get it. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like, nobody has it here. So I'm going to have to order oh, it. No. I'm going to have to order it because none of my local stores carry anything that niche. Yes. Like, I saw Wisconsin is like the distributor or something somewhere in there. I love my local stores, but the most niche paint I can get around here is Army Painter. And that's like saying that I love my bread spicy because I put mayo on it. Right, right. You you can get your Italian at Olive Garden. <clears throat> <sighs> I hear you. Yeah. But but speaking of, I I'm going I got my I ended up tracking down an army painter paint uh specifically uh I can't read the title which one is this it? is toxic mist mm. and this will be my first play around with their war paints brand in a long time because i wasn't exactly pleased with it the first time i played around with it mm -hmm. but i am tired of mixing this myself it's every gonna... single time i have to paint a zambi is it looks like you're undead undertone color very close yeah. Yeah, it is the uh, it is very close to the the little glowy mist that I put on all of my yeah. undead army, like like the werewolf, for instance. Yep. And oh gosh, it is like to mix it myself. It is one part uh, green from Procryl. I'm using okay. Procryls to do all the paints these days. Yeah. So it's one part green, one part sky blue. And two parts white mixed together yeah. to make this color. And every single time I do it, I have to go doot, 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 and then mix it together, and get my dry brush, and do my dry brushing. And then by the time I go back to, for the next Zambi, it's dry. So I have to do it again. Yeah, so it now, seems like it's a, a bit of a waste of color because you're usually doing one or two at a time. And I imagine you don't even need those four drops mm -hmm. to do them for the yeah. dry brush. But yeah, I mean, at max, I paint in batches of six. Like gotcha. that's my max batch for batch painting because past that I can do it. I've done as an experiment. I did a full 20 batch once just to see if I could do it. And I tell you, my little ADHD brain was just like, I don't want to do this no more. If, you might, uh, if, do if it, I was hyper -focusing, have some dysfunction. If I was huh? hyper-focusing, I could do that, but my hands would get shaky. My oh, hands no, would no, get no. shaky and I would start making yeah. sloppy, sloppy mistakes. Yeah, but it's like if I can turn on hyper-focus like a superpower, I can't do that. If I could do that, I wouldn't need my Adderall. I can, I can with a, with gaming stuff usually. usually. Mm. But this is a break. This is a major change in Param's painting style because I do not traditionally go out and seek a very particular shade of paint. Because Param has been the I only need eight paints kind of person since twenty <laughs> years of miniature painting. That's I just adorable. I want pure one pigment. Mm. I just need pure pigment paints with high pigment density, and I can mix and match anything I see easy. Nope. And I can, nope. but this is the first time I've broken down to go get I need that very very particular mint green not only do i go get all the weird colors and then mm -hmm. worse because of my little scramble brain forget that i where i put them or that i bought <laughs> them and so oh, I, no. I, I find these little mysterious plastic baggies two months later I'm like mm -hmm. oh here's that green that i got for those things that i've already finished anyway uh i actually mm -hmm. speaking of the exciting paints we just got i got mm -hmm. the duncan Rhodes paints finally uh, oh! someone was kind enough to get me them for my birthday and christmas uh, i want to say a year or two ago two years ago uh but they have arrived and i just just uh got them and i'm excited to try them out um i am a little surprised they're they're little small bottles so i'm gonna if i fall in love with them hopefully they are easy to get replacements for because 
Um, there's not going to be a lot in those bottles. And you know me, I'm going to end up squirting half of one of those bottles on myself within a month. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. See Catlet, the don't mixing them and stuff. I like the thing for me is I've been using craft paint on terrain and I, I even have a notebook for my terrain to like, okay, I used, you know, crappy gray and cheapo white or whatever in this ratio they still aren't the same. I've been trying to get my stuff to match. I did really good for two or three sets of Dungeons and Lasers, but again, they're cheap paints. And so when I got a new bottle, I don't think it's actually the same color. It's close, but they just Mm. don't look right, you know, so. I am very happy that my little art brain is able to, like, I can do the, um, I don't know if you've seen the TikTok challenge where, like, you take a, like, a banana or apple and then you see, can I match this color by mixing it? Mm. Yeah. I've not seen that one. Yes. It's really, it's a fun little challenge. It's like, can you mix this color? And match it exactly. And then you can, there's a little app on your phone that'll take a difference. I can usually get like 98, 99% accurate. Nice. I also went on a hobby hunting tool to Mm. get a new thing. But not for one of my, no, well, it's, it's, it's paint related. Okay. It is my, one of my favorite hobby tools ever. And everyone needs it. It is the Reaper paint pokey tool. Okay. James, who really liked your mage tower, by the way, he said in chat, brought up an excellent point with this on Facebook. And I don't know if you saw it. Uh-huh. Um, it's pushing the plug of dry paint back into your paint. Is that a problem? Nope, not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, because most likely that paint will reconstitute itself over time and turn back into the rest of the paint as, as it's exposed to the moisture. And slowly, especially if it's a whole lot of moisture and not a lot of clog. Secondly, it's highly unlikely that it's going to jam itself right back in there anytime soon, just sure, due to sure. physics and probability. And the fact that hopefully you've got a little bit of mixing balls in there that's pulverizing it the whole time you're shaking it. Um, and finally, if it does, you just poke it again. Fair, fair. I was just wondering if it maybe created chunky consistency in the paint or something. It does not, because you're usually dealing with a tiny infinitesimal barrier of paint that needs to be. And it also, it is actually sharp. It's actually so sure. Real, and it has a skull on it. Press. If you're yeah. listening to it, it, it is a skull on a pen, and right. it's a thick pen. You poke mm-hmm. into your paint when it dries up. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is absolutely just a hat pen with a skull soldered on it. Yeah, there's nothing special about it. Nothing special about it at all. Um, and and it's seven dollars. But I won't lose it. I will know exactly what it's for. It's never going to end up into my uh my my uh my sewing kit ever because i'm not going to accidentally put this away and i'm never going to go to my little you mean little tomato and stab it in there you would never like yeah go to one of those tomatoes or like a little fish and like take one Mm -hmm. of those little pins out of the fish and that's how i lose all the room and Mm -hmm. then use that on your paint you would never do that i've done that about 77 times i would never do that either they they um When I use just normal sewing pins for this, I will lose them very quickly. And that's the problem. The other craft in our house is quilting, for those who are unaware. Mm. And (laughs) I've never taken one of those pins out of that fish. Also, there's just really not a good way of unclogging the bottle without using a thing that's going to go in there and poke it. Because Mm -hmm. the alternative, the reason you use a tool like this, is the alternative and the temptation is, oh, it's clogged. That means squeeze harder, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yes. And, you know, and that's how you get an entire desk covered in toxic mist. I have <laughs> archive footage of me shooting an entire bottle of tan all over me. 
So <laughs> James yeah. says from my fin cushion. <laughs> no, that's never happened ever. Oh, so that's our hobby. Uh, I actually have one other hobby thing. Oh. I have successfully talked two of my friends into 3D printing. And on Saturday, I'm going to be going and helping out a friend set up their resin printer. Um, they're becoming the uh, the kind receiver of my uh, Mercury, my old Mercury clean station that I have just been sitting in the corner collecting dust. Gotcha. I, That's uh, fun. More I printing. A couple of the D&D TikTok players that have been interacting with me that are like, okay, mm -hmm. I keep seeing you post your prints. I, I ordered a Saturn. Okay. Yes. Okay, we'll, we'll yes. I saw a Mercury X on sale today for $302. Mm. I mean, I like Saturn's better, but that's a darn cheap price for a nine inch printer. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and okay. we put off the depressing topic we have. long enough. We really have. I need to talk about it. So there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot of Patreons out there. I mean, there were 218 the last time I looked to uh, being tracked on STL bundles alone. So that's a lot of Patreons out there. And we've had several guests on here that have talked about like, oh, it's starting to get to be a crowded place. It, mm -hmm. it sure is becoming a crowded place. And unfortunately, over the years people have started to bow out and that's to be expected for Indian industry. You know, people come into the business and for various reasons, people come out of the business and that is sad. And it's, but it's just the nature of things. It's not for everybody. And, but with increased amount of artists and Patreons and services and subscriptions out there, it is really hard these days to come up with an offering that stands out as different or better. And, and so a lot of, we've seen some people say they're not doing it no more. Yep. Um, if yeah. it's not different and better then it has to be value, which mm -hmm. usually means quantity. Yeah. Ooh. Which is a so lot of work. So, of, so this month we have seen, Broken Anvil Studios, which is the big headliner for sure, saying they're going on pause indefinitely, at least until the end of 2022. They reiterate that this is a pause and not an end, but they, uh, they're they talking about burning the candle at both ends, complaints about unauthorized sellers and piracy, lots of... Uh, Lots of reasons that kind of justifying uh, their decision to to put a pause on this. And also, Broken Anvil, we can't forget, has been a bit of a darling in the mini community for a while now, with Rivenstone being a humongous success, and a lot of like um, the uh, the painting YouTubers loving Rivenstone. And they've got another campaign going out called Forged, which looks to be a whole lot of their 3D printable minis available as sealcast models. Um, and they definitely are kind of doubling back down on the physical production of minis side of things again, as opposed to the digital production side of minis uh, again. But still, they're one of the best Patreons out there. They put out an incredible amount of material each month with very good sculpts, super stylized. I mean, I was on and off again with them based on what they were doing each month, but I have several of their sets and... I'm really sad to see them leave the market at least pause on the market and they may yeah. be back they were actually my second annual sub um because oh, it's a good deal and i i got my full fulfillment of that and super happy with every release i can't i like mm -hmm. literally won't complain about a single thing i got especially mm -hmm. getting it at that better price 
and then I immediately was the the first um, that I actually renewed. My my other one, my first uh, annual sub, I did not renew. And um, but yeah, it was the first one I renewed and jumped on that and um, just kind of was stunned because they felt like they had everything dialed in and they felt like they were you know they had a good rhythm. Their releases were huge. They easily could have half the releases, and I still would have been happy. You know, because right. um, the the model counts were so high. And then you know to just kind of. There was that first rumble when Rivenstone came out and the COCast stuff started that suddenly like there was this other, it was like the, the little brother had been born and the, you know, the, the older child wasn't as important. Anymore. Right. <laughs> like we've seen uh, other crews that have made the switch to 3d printing do big physical productions, but usually like, like uh, when Bloodstone came out, that was a COCast produced game from Titan Forge. But you could Blood also fields. print Blood fields, Blood fields. Right? Yeah. But you could also print it. And mm-hmm. so they would come out with these big physical release versions mm-hmm. or big physical release mm-hmm. campaigns for their products, which, you know, makes sense. Not everybody has or wants to 3D print their stuff. Right. And COCast seems to be a wonderful tool and a magic solution to a lot of problems. But they would always have printable as an option. Yeah. And I, I was stunned, like literally. Yeah. I thought they were joking when they said they weren't going to make three uh, Rivenstone 3D printable. I was like, wait where's where's the pledge level for, and i even like sent a message i was like was it an early thing did i miss it and they were like no there's not one i'm like excuse me i was confused too when i first saw that they were doing it i was like aha let's get on there and get my sti wait what wait yeah wait what and it's not going to use the ones you're not going to be like titan forge or cast and play that have both done this well like huh. even like even partial you know hell mm-hmm. brandon sanderson you can get all the troops for his big mini thing as stls I, even if they just had like packs of scatter the crystal mm-hmm. scatters terrain i would have bought that you know yeah. um but it seems that they just don't want to be doing it yeah. this like it's been a it's been a pattern uh they you you you've got some quotes from them saying that hey with rivenstone they said that they might have to pause for a month or two um i and honestly miniature companies doing a pause is not uncommon a lot no. of my favorite companies have done a pause for a month or two um, a couple of them even this, have built-in ones around the holidays they right. always take off november right or december mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like one of my favorites, Last Sword Miniatures, has paused a couple of times over the years when they need to catch up or you know can't guarantee that they're going to be able to hit the monthly release, so they pause for a month to catch up. Um, but usually, it's like they don't use the phrase indefinite. The, in- yeah. the word indefinite is a scary thing in business mm-hmm. because like temporarily indefinitely closing usually is followed by sorry we ain't coming back in most situations that that phrase is used. Well, it scares me because I still have 10 months paid up on the annual. So, oh, no. Like, yeah, how are they going to handle Like, I wonder how that is going to be handled like with a pause and stuff. Excuse like, me. How does that work? Like, if, it, if they're just paused until like a couple of months and then they come back in January, I guess no big deal as long as it keeps going. But Right, right. And, and, and literally at first there was zero, zero response. Um, and then I just got the form letter. Um, if you've done Patreons before and have an annual, you get a little form mm-hmm. letter when they go on pause for the month that just says, hey, this creator's taking a break. Your current month uh, is not going to be billed against your thing and your your end date moved out a month. And that's mm-hmm. what I got. It's the only communication I got. And it was from Patreon, not both Broken Anvil. So Yeah, definitely would. We, like they haven't posted anything to their Patreon since the 19th yeah. on this whatsoever. So... There's been a little bit um, on the Discord, and the Discord mostly has revolved around the merchant tier because there's mm-hmm. some question of whether or not the merchant tier should be discounted because they're not getting new content. Um, and right now, my understanding is that it's if you still want to stay a merchant, you still have to 
being the monthly mm-hmm. um, at the full price. Yeah. So yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when they're talking about in their uh, in the message, they are indeed talking about one of the complaints is unauthorized sellers that they're evidently not merchant tier, but selling prints of their minis is one of their complaints and reason why they have talked about pausing. Right. But that's a complaint that does pausing is not, that's a complaint that doesn't seem to lead to pausing in my mind, which is why the, the phrase pause and then read the rest of the letter. It reads like reasons why we might stop. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a problem with piracy in this, Pausing for two months isn't going to solve the problem. It's just going to mean you lose customers. Right. In fact, it's going to cause more people to go rogue. In my experience, Mm -hmm. you know, I've taken a break. I I haven't released something for several months now. And at my whole catalog, I mean, it's usually on piracy sites, but more and more I see it just everywhere, like on being pirated. And when people want you and you're not providing new content, Mm -hmm. they steal your old content, actually, (laughs) which is horrible. But yeah. Yeah. Piracy hurts and every digital distributed industry and not digital distributed industry, every media industry has had to deal with it um, in some form of the matter. Um, it, traditionally, for bigger groups, it hurts less than for smaller publishers where it can hurt amazingly more. And Broken Anvil... We we talk about the others like trying to compete in this space and get and, and get you know get a significant number of subscribers is some of the ones that they have uh, some of the reasons they have mentioned you know not continuing to do their releases but Broken Anvil that was not a concern Broken Anvil was big Broken Anvil yeah. had thousands of backers they were one of the most popular three um, D printed groups period like I don't I don't know how that has affected things now with the pause how many people have left. I mean, but traditionally, quite a bit of people usually leave during a pause. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. It's plummeted. And honestly, I see it happen with just the episodes. When we have had to take weeks off, Mm -hmm. it takes us a little while to get those numbers back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're not there, if you're not reliable, Mm -hmm. uh, which scares me because that's to me, again, just going off of my own experience with business, when your audience then leaves or, or mm-hmm. stops following you, you then are going to have a weaker res- release on your next release. And you probably have been trying to grow your business. So you're, you're going to be underwhelmed by the performance of your first new releases. Right. And the, in, you know, the um, interest in keeping the Patreon going is going to be smaller for sure. Especially if they're getting these physical products out, they're doing well. I, I, I hope I can get a refund if they eventually decide to just can it. I have to imagine you will because Patreon will step in if nobody else at that point. Like I have managed to complain to Patreon once when a creator was not fulfilling their end of the bargain and get a refund before. So, yeah. So, yeah, I hope so. Now the other groups that have canceled this month are Dusk Realms, which, you know, Hurts us a little bit because they were friends of the show. They were doing some really wild, way out there sculpts and concepts. Like Very unusual. Halflings stuff. riding iguanas with rocket launchers and <laughs> like wicked awesome space dwarves and space marines. But they're all bushidoed out with like steampunk weaponry. And it's like I loved it because it was so creative and the sculpt qualities were great. And you got a whole bunch of bang for your buck in that starter kit that welcome pack they had was was legit great yeah yeah um, and it was pretty affordable contract. too it was yeah. smaller smaller price wise yeah, um it's like a five and, buck a month sub yeah yeah and decent model count for that for sure mm-hmm. um i think you know we know them enough to know that they had a very small team and i think that's probably what contributed to that you know like yeah. um 
there's it's a real thing if you got you know like i think of scott over at comet lord i'm surprised he's moving so strong i think he had to take one month off but like you know that he cranks all that out himself uh you know these smaller companies this the stress is real the burnout is real like i totally get it (laughs) and honestly when i was following them they never really were able to get and this is kind of one the ones the ones that we see bow out it's usually they weren't able to get more than a a few hundred subscribers. Honestly, I don't know that Dusk Realms even broke 200 over the course of its entire campaign. Yeah, yeah, it did seem to have trouble hanging on to people and drawing people in, which is interesting because um, it, it did have very unique offerings. I just think mm-hmm. there was probably maybe a marketing disconnect. And then, you know, just it's exhausting to create and not be seen, you know. They did two different uh, sets for, they were fans of the show and did two different versions of me and Kristen as characters in their releases, uh, both of which are still available on their website. If you want to go check them out, we do recommend you do so. And you'll send them a little bit of message of love if you like their models and stuff. But they are, they're, they're, they're not pausing. They're done. They're they shut down. Yeah, yeah. I quit in big capital letters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, with the phrase "too busy for this place and tired." Yeah. And then one more was Crypto Studios, also bowing out this month. Uh, was their but... one year anniversary? Mm-hmm. Um, they cited low subscriber count as one of the motivating factors for them too. And but they're not bowing out of the industry entirely. Yeah, it looks they're... like they're going to be going to Kickstarter's right or Frontiers maybe. Mm-hmm. And I see like we- one of the reasons they did is their quality. They they mm-hmm. were frustrated by the the rush creating quality breaches, and their stuff is fantastic. If you haven't seen it, it is amazing. Yeah, and, crypto um, stuff is detailed, realistic proportions, a crazy amount of details. I love their dwarves. Their dwarves look great. If you've seen my horrible skull faced elder brain, it's from them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that's how actually one of the things I discovered them through. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have sci fi and fantasy stuff in there. Um, just really neat stuff, and I, I think that they were absolutely candid because it is high quality and it's just too too much too fast to do it right. to keep up with it and so let's and but they're going kickstarter only there's quite a few groups that have been kickstarter only and stayed that way um we talk about lovecraft all the time lovecraft is a kickstarter only crew they 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 get together Arium studios uh who just has their new set out right now uh in a campaign called can the glim reclaimed is also Kickstarter only uh, crew. They they don't do the monthly release. It's a and for a long time this was the only uh, this was the only way 3D files were being re- distributed was yep. Kickstarter and Frontier campaigns. Okay, Can uh, Glim Reclaimed is a Frontiers campaign from our own printables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shout out to them. Um, we will be interviewing them in a couple of weeks. It's really cool dwarf set. I like the dwarves. The dwarves look awesome, but the reason I love it is the, the, the terrain. terrain really These mean. gigantic cliffs, just absolutely massive cliffs. It looks like nobody else has a, has a piece of terrain like that. Yep. And it, and honestly, looking at it, that could be painted to be ice. That could be painted to be rock. There's not. Like it's it's a pretty, obsidian. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Pretty flexible. We've got a chance to look at some of the STLs, and they're really neat. Yeah, so 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 all that to say that hey, the Kickstarter campaign works. I'm definitely glad that their art's not leaving the community. That we're going to still see them produce material, and honestly, maybe that is the best for that. Might be a good model for a lot of creators because because this monthly release it really is becoming a bit of a knife fight. Because on one end, you've got teams of like 
40 plus people working together um yeah. just like like dozens of artists and dozens of art other types of artists and marketing campaigns and stuff so that you know you get a titan forge release and it's got two full freaking armies included in it and or you've got opr uh disclaimer i work for opr um who releases literally three armies this month and like dozens and dozens of miniatures and that's a lot for any small team to like you, when this was first started, a lot of these campaigns were single person, single people coming in at it. And just like, like I remember line tower, their stuff, they've been on pause several times over their, their exists. They're not on pause right now. Right. Or, um, he wrote like one that has been gone for over a year now, but one of my absolute favorites, uh, Hero Spawn Spot, who did like these really awesome steampunk Victorian styled fantasy with like very cool detailed original stuff, and and you know it just wasn't pulling numbers. You you um, you need to, to to be honest, just for one person, the top you the the amount of patrons you need is probably like three four hundred for to keep a a uh, above the poverty line here in the states yeah yeah and that's assuming you know if you're putting out a pretty big release too because otherwise you're gonna have to charge less like i i definitely run into some creators that only mm-hmm. release two or three models a month and that's yeah, just the boutique the, style yeah and mm-hmm. um even some of them like have slowly but surely added that third model out of that fourth model and it's just like i feel bad because you know they're gonna have to stop that trend eventually right right and like with any business, you know, it's that first year is rough where you're losing more money than you're getting into it and you're hoping to grow. And it's real. It, I, I pity anybody entering this market right now with as many people are doing it because you've got to stand out. You've either got to put out a ton of models or like some incredibly high quality stylized set of a few models that will stand out. So like we talk about Twin Goddess. We talk about um, what's the other one that um, with little otter people, little otter people. Um... Oh, Starts with a P. Starts with a P. Gosh, I'm terrible at this. So sorry. It's okay. Now I'm now mm-hmm. I'm obsessing. We need to move on with it. But yeah, there's a lot of boutique yeah. smaller ones yeah. like that. And you can pull that. You can do that. But you've got to stand out, and it's really really hard to stand out. And also, there's the reality of the market coming in with a whole bunch of original sculpts is great for people that want to paint minis. But if they want to use those minis in a game, they have to be minis they can use in the game. Yeah, it has which to be a game I know that has it. frustrated a lot of creators who feel forced to either make D and D stuff or make Warhammer stuff because that's the two big markets that want stuff. Yep. So if you're doing original monsters, that means there's an added expense, or we, you better hope that you're a good game designer to give five E sets to all your original monsters and target that crowd. Or on the flip side, you're going to be making the next batch of Space Marines, and yeah. that you, and that's always a risky venture when you're making minis for another game, where it's like they got to be close enough to the concept to be recognizable for what they are, and people know what they're buying right away. But also, they can't be so close that Games Workshop sends the lawyers after us. Right. Well, and you're also seeing a lot of industry growth. Um, this is very common from role playing games where mm-hmm. you grow, you hire a freelancer to help out, or you hire a team of freelancers. There are some mm-hmm. of our very favorite people that are just designers mm-hmm. and they hire sculpting freelancers. But as mm-hmm. those freelancers become faster and better, 
and learn the industry, you are probably training your future competition because they're going to leave and they're going to start their own companies and reduce that step between them and the profit line. I mean, that's just good business. Same thing happens with game designers. All Mm -hmm. of us eventually either make our own compatible stuff, or if you're running a system that can't be compatible, I know so many people who've gone off and launched very successful indie RPGs that are just their own system. And, you know, again, they're getting that that little trickle of profit because gaming, you don't make a lot of money, people, just so you know, (laughs) but they get that trickle of profit themselves as opposed to having to spread it out among five people. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I think that there's that, that is very real. You know, a lot of these big companies that we've even talked to, some of their artists move on to either other industries where they, you know, um, concept artists for game companies, or they become their own sculpting companies and then again, possibly competition. So, so what does the, what's the big takeaway we can take from this? Honestly, we've noticed several people leaving the market recently, but they're almost always getting replaced at the replacement level is still in effect because there's still more groups launching every single month as well. The number of totals out there being tracked at sites like STL bundles is like, it's still on the uptick and not on the downtick. And honestly, I think that this is an emerging market. You're going to see this happen. You're going to see the churn. Uh, that's going to happen. You're going to see things start to settle, and some of the bigger crews are going to be established. I think we've already seen a lot of the establishment happening. You've got OPR. You've got Arc Villain. You've got Artisan Guild. You've got Titan Forge. Like the the top five cast and play. The top five don't really move much these days, and they just keep getting bigger. Um, I still think it's a growing market and it'll keep being a growing market for probably the foreseeable future because more and more people are seeing how easy it is. The printer's getting better. I'm still getting questions at a ridiculous pace these days in my messages about, hey, what would you recommend to be a starting printer? Um, So as that keeps happening, there's still going to be room. But that does mean there's going to be a ton of competition for people competing in this space. Oh, eventually it will start to contract and then it'll contract against uh, a few forces. And I think that we're not quite there yet, but we're starting to see who those players are going to be pretty obvious at this point. So what I would recommend though, is, um, and this is, this is general advice for any listener or watching people that you have a creative you like, support them. And I don't just mean buy their stuff. Anonymously buying an STL on my mini factory, there some of these mid-range creators aren't even going to notice. There's going to just be the 50 cents or whatever that piles into their account and they don't even see it, right? But, you know, post on their Facebook page, post on their Instagram, show off your painted work, go to yeah. their Discord and rave. I'm serious, rave. There are some hype crews on some of these discords, if I had had those hype crews, I would be cranking out content left and right because it, it feels good when you have somebody who is uh, cheering you on. And that that more than anything is my advice. If you love a creator, support them, promote them, be there in their community. If you can show them, show their stuff on your socials, link everything. Oh, please. I am always going to be the guy who asks you where that mini came from. Save time and promote your your love for those people. Put the link in the comments, please. Are you shaming because you don't do it? I okay. I I'm a horrible social media fiend and I try to rise engagement. And because I know that question is coming, I don't answer immediately and I wait for the question to be asked and then I answer so that my social media engagement scores go up. I totally get that. 
And to my counter, if you're if you're talking about a creator that you really want to help, the initial engagement is when people see it. And so if yep. they don't see that link there, I know. <laughs> then they never look at it again. It just becomes a comment. And the algorithm loves you and loves your content, but that person, you know, that creator isn't getting the, ne the next sale. So, but I understand why you would do it. But the good thing is there's two of us, so I can do it on your posts. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I, I, if nobody has asked the question in 15 minutes, I go in and do it. But just to make sure it gets done. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <sighs> um, and, you know, some people's like, well, I kit bash. I digitally kit bash. You know what? That's awesome. Go tell where you got every freaking part in the model oh, from. Oh, I do that. I, that yeah. is something I do do when I digitally kit bash a model. I'm like, this is a mix between this, 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 and this set. Yeah. Um, custom sculpted the foot. <laughs> Sync ratio systems get so much love for me because they mm -hmm. do in all of their base sets, they do a pre magnetized hollowed version. That's already Ooh. set up for magnets. And I'd say probably 70% of my minis at this point are on sync ratio bases. And I just, just go and grab that. And then I'm now just you know, merging it on the file. And so that's there. But so every time I now I talk about it, I'm like, Oh, look, and here's this base from sync ratio. So I'm talking about 17 different creators, but I probably mentioned sync ratio 10 times in that in 17, you know, and that's just from their bases and having great bases. So which yeah, definitely don't forget the base that you printed out when you're shouting out the cool thing. Cause like there are creators I only get their bases from. Like I okay, so cast and play. I love cast and play a bunch. I very rarely print all their models. I love their models. Um, but they're so specific that sometimes I don't need them yet. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've printed a bunch of their models, but not often but you know what i print the crap out of their, their terrain and their bases their yeah. base sets are glorious and i have often built entire armies on their bases and that is and titan forge is the same way um the terrain and scatter bits are the same way and then like the cool oogie boogie uh stuff and and uh, the various things is always great too Absolutely. I actually did put my cast and play Void Rippers on their cast and play bases, but they're from their Eldritch Horror set, not their Void set. So, yeah. And I say that, but then again, like one of my favorite models lately has definitely been cast and plays Werewolf. Werewolf, yes. <laughs> yeah. Those abs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's just the one that's here. I, I know I keep showing it off. It's just the one that's right next to my desk that I can grab real quick. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, there, cast and play. I do print their stuff. I feel bad that I don't have those ego aspects from Fleshcraft, but they're still in my case from traveling. That is such a creepy set. They did. They're I, I, they're not usually ones that I attribute to creepiness. They usually are very playful. They're more usually in my side of the fence. Cast and play. They oh, usually yeah. cute things. Uh, Even their it. undead set was cute. Yeah, <laughs> he's not so cute. Not so cute. No, no, no. It's not cute. It's not cute at all. It's got two mouths and one's in its tummy. If you have a tummy <laughs> mouth, something's wrong with you. I like the big tentacles coming out of his back that are so long they wrap over his shoulder and hang back in front of him and can still attack people. They're, <laughs> they're really big. And that brings us to the shout-out section. Who do you want to shout-out to, Kristen? Uh, well, speaking of Sync Ratio, they have a Kickstarter. Um, I believe it's Where Legends Fight 3. Oh, yes. On. I saw that. Um, it looks good. Again, huge value. And the thing I'm going to say to folks, back their current Kickstarter if it interests you. But back it on a minimal level so you can get the add-ons because you can get their base sets for super, super cheap. Mm -hmm. um, so huge amount of bases. All of the magnetic and hollowing is already done on them. Tons of themes. Just so many themes. And they're, they're, they're ultra cheap. So 
that that is definitely something I reason I would go check them out. But uh, is this a frontier? I want to say it is. Um, I, I unfortunately did not have the presence of mind to grab the link before, but we'll put it in the show notes if if nothing else. But uh, yeah, it's it's solid, and I watch it'll be like the last day. Mm-hmm. We'll I cannot find it. I'm like, did it end already? No, don't say oh, that. No. It's okay though. Usually they have late backing, and you can still get the add-ons in them. So yeah. I'll look for it while you continue. Where what are you next show now? Uh, I do want to shout out to Last Sword Miniatures. I've shouted out them before. They do really awesome stuff. They just did a really cool undead set where they have like their two vampire nobles, like the one from last year's Halloween set. They updated it in this year's. Uh, they had the female noble vampire this time, and they're posed. In one of their poses, so that they're riding side by side on horses with two goblets clanking against each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just a really cool scene. Um, also, like alt poses out the wazoo on foot. On I like because the 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 female noble has like the full ball gown and the tall hairdress and like two freaking falchions that she's dual wielding. Nice. And it looks it looks all it's like very pride, prejudice, and zombies look going for her there um and they've made her rideable on a dragon and an undead griffin and a horse and in the and the the uh the classic warhammer black coach is is an option as well and it's cool because the interior of the black coach is just her sitting there with that goblet clinking it against optionally you can put the the male one next to her so they're and then like just a dead noble draped over her lap (laughs) that she's drinking (laughs) from (laughs) says a little spigot uh, stuck in him yeah, um yeah i, I, this... I have yet again by the way i just mm-hmm. confirmed it's 13 hours left and we're legends three, <laughs> three. So if you're watching you us live this. you can go do it i am positive though they will have it on frontiers for late back and if y'all listening to us at 2 a.m on the podcast feed you got it you got minutes <laughs> left <laughs> oh gosh also the um but this month, um, Last Sword is doing their high elf rotation. Oh, so and that phoenix. They do, they do, that phoenix. They got like one of the best looking phoenixes I've ever seen. Mount with noble mount as an option or no armor and you just get the full phoenix. Um, but what I want to shout out to them is props. And the reason they're getting a shout out this month is because they have finally stopped the you must download it Patreon window nonsense. They're not, they're using their own website. They're not using my mini factory. But now you just automatically will get your stuff synced to your account to download at your leisure. No need to rush. Uh, and that was really bad for them because they would release on the 16th and you had to get it done before the end of the month. So you didn't even get the full month to download their stuff. Yeah, that's not a great look. <laughs> yeah, but now it doesn't matter. The second their stuff's released or the second you join, it gets added to your account. Download it when you want. Very cool. So, yeah. Um, also, speaking of props, mm-hmm. um, props and beyond to puzzles and props volume two started. If you, I, I feel like sometimes I don't call these out enough, but these are like things like there's um, wands, potion bottles, um, card boxes. All sorts of knickknacks for for table props if you want to actually pass out like, you know, physical objects at your gaming table or just have them on your shelf in your gaming room. They're really cool. That is a Frontier this time, not a Kickstarter, um, but it's by Props and Beyond. And um, yeah, they have some really neat, um, just weird physical stuff. Little There's a printable bonsai tree, which I'm not sure why you wouldn't just get a bonsai tree. But um, yeah, little keys and potion bottles and mortar and pestle. The whole nine it, you could do a whole little like alchemy setup with it kind of fun and i i see they got like a stuffed owlbear as an <laughs> option this time i love yeah. that <laughs> yep yep and there's a nice little dragon skull i believe little three-eyed bunny 
And I'm sure there is a discounted version of their their previous campaign too, which had a bunch of cool stuff. In, so. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another great episode. If you want to support us and show us some love, you know, hey, fan mail always makes my day better. Or you could give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, a comment, a like, and a subscribe go a long way and we would super appreciate it. And hey, if you really care, you can hit the little bell and so that we pop up in your notification feed every time we go live. That. That will mean you never have to miss an episode. If you want to follow any of our past stuff or download those like really cool versions of us on the Owlbear cart as a printable <laughs> mini, you can do so over at printergames.com. As well as you'll find there, you'll find a link to our socials, our Facebook, our Twitter, and the YouTubes. So until next time, I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector.